Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter for now and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows <laughs> Show is our handle. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. We always share some fun stuff there. And check us out. Uh, you can email us at show at gmail.com. This is episode 64.5, and as always on the point five, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bonos podcast, the token girl. She has great legs and even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginter. Ellen, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, even considering the snow overnight, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's been a long week and a lot of busy, you know, the, the week before a holiday is always so busy for me. You know, people get really weird and it gets, yeah. And I'm actually working next. I never worked the week of Thanksgiving and now I'm working Monday and Tuesday. I'm like, really? I am actually taking Thanksgiving week off, um, which might be a first time ever kind of thing. So I don't know. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? We are heading up to Chicago uh, to hang out with cousins from um, Tuesday to Friday. So that should be entertaining in and of itself. Very cool. Yeah, We're hosting at our house. All the family, both sides, everybody's coming in, probably about 20 of us. The nice thing is we, we do like the, you know, everybody has the dinner. It's all around dinner time. So we do it, yeah. we do it early. We do like a one o'clock dinner. Oh, nice. The first couple of times we've done this, everyone leaves at like four, 4.30. So by midway through the second football game, everyone's gone. And Fantastic. We and I'm like, sweet. I can grab a pie with a fork and some <laughs> drink, and I can just sit back and watch football and take a nap. That's and, fantastic. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to not having to do anything except show up with, evidently, beer and wine. So I'm good with that. That's, that's a really good way of doing things. That's yeah. a good guest right there. Show up with beer and wine. That's we, my brother and I asked in advance if there was anything that we could bring, and that was the only request. So, gonna roll with that. Yeah, we're gonna be cooking starting Wednesday. Oof. Remember when we were younger? You know, we're in our forties now. Remember that you're younger and you're like in your early twenties. The night before Thanksgiving, you go home to your parents' house, and you went out that night, and we saw all your oh. old high school friends, and it was like the that was like the greatest night of the year at the bar, right? It was dur- especially thing. during college, like we would go to yes, Remington's yes. or Goose or yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Bullfrogs, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd go back to Topeka and you'd be like, and it was weird because like, like we were both in college. So we'd be in college and you come back and you know, like, okay, well, what do we do? Like, and our friends who weren't in college, they knew like they knew what was going on. They had mm-hmm. the scene set up for you and you go see people you hadn't seen in months and maybe even years sometimes. Yeah. Do people still do that? I'm sure they do, but I don't know as though it's yeah. so much at our age, just because. Yeah, not, not at our age, no. Everybody has kids now and everything else. Well, it's not even that. Like people don't go back to their parents as much for exactly. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And well, people, um, like, people like us don't have parents anymore. Right. Um, the youngins do though. I mean, I would, I would imagine like 
seeing my cousin's kids who are all in college, two of them go to Mizzou, one of them goes somewhere else to another private school, they will bail as soon as they can each of the sure. nights that we're there. Oh, yeah. We used to do the same thing. I mean, that was, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, shout out to some of the old school people. You know, there's, we, we, we keep up with a few of them still, but, you know, that, that was like the best bar night of the year. And then uh, when I worked in bars, oh, then when I worked in bars, I wanted to work that night because you got sure. paid that night. That was your, so much was your $500 tip night right there. That was, Especially that was if the you best. went to the bar that everyone came to that you knew. Right. That was the yeah. best night in Top City for sure. Yeah. So shout out to the old days on that. Word. Hey, we're going to have some fun today. We're just going to jump around from topic to topic and just kind of see what's going on. There is um, a lot of things going on. And um, so we're just going to kind of jump around from different stuff. And first thing we're going to do is we're going to get into local stuff here with KU. It's a big weekend if you're a KU fan. Absolutely. Tonight, we're recording Friday. So Friday night, you got a basketball game. Um, and then we have a football game on Saturday at 2.30. Yeah. Um I was just hanging out with Tyler Jones last night. He came into town from Den from uh, Dallas, almost said Denver. <laughs> um, he came from Dallas. We hung out, watched the game, the, uh, the Packers Titans game. Um, and then he's going to the Jayhawks game tonight. And then tomorrow's game against Texas. Awesome. Um, that's a good double header. That's a really good weekend. If you're a Jayhawk. To, to have it is. Game. And I have to imagine that they're bringing in some re recruits if they can. Um, yeah. for both programs to go ahead, you know, early signing has passed, but uh, go ahead and, and show folks because this will be the last big game before, you know, Thanksgiving break and kids leave out. So Allen Fieldhouse and then hopefully a packed uh, Memorial Stadium because I refuse to call it the booth uh, will be a really fun atmosphere, especially with getting a you know, a midday game on FS1 on yeah, Saturday yeah. against Texas and hopefully Two, another repeat victory. 2.30 game is a big deal. It, yeah. It's, you know, like, I'm an LSU guy. We hate any game that's not at 6 or 7 o'clock. Mm. But for KU, just don't be the 11 o'clock game. That's, it's so hard to get the, the crowd involved. You don't get, you know, you don't get the tailgate. Yep. Or if you do, your breakfast tailgates are bullshit. I, I, I don't care They're who rough. you are. They're, they're, that's not a good thing. Anytime where I have to drink, you know, a Bloody Mary at a tailgate, <laughs> we don't do that in Louisiana. So we don't, we, we, we just go ahead and go straight to the bourbon and the beer and just go ahead sure. and go on, you know, for those 11 a.m. games. We just don't we have so few of them. But uh, yeah. And now, now I'm trying to figure out, I'm sure you're thinking about that. Are you thinking about going to the KU bowl games? I mean, I would love to. Uh, it could be interesting around Denver just because, you know, we've got a former KU player here playing for the Nuggets. So I wonder yeah. if there wouldn't be anything that kind of comes up around uh, Christian Brown, which would be fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine traveling quite yet, but I mean, Memphis is assuming that they land at the Liberty Bowl, which has been yes. the projection for a while. Yeah. Um, Memphis is a great town, and yeah. I don't know if you would try to do that and Tulane, since you have claimed that you are going to. I am going to Tulane's bowl game. I've already <laughs> said that. I am going one way or the other to Tulane, and Tulane, and Tulane fucking killed last night. They played Thursday night, 
And they awesome. won 52 to 24. They just murdered, uh, uh, who was it, uh, SMU last night. So nice. They still have a chance in the New Year's Six Bowl. They have to win next week against, against Cincinnati and then beat UCF in the championship game, the American okay. Conference. The winner of that game is going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They'll be the highest rated non-power five team. Okay. I did see that if it's not it's not a power, if it's not the New Year's Six Bowls, that Tulane's going to drop clear down to Shreveport to the bowl game there. And I'm like, God damn. I mean, I can get the Shreveport easy. I sure. just don't own a Kevlar vest. And I don't know if Oof. you've ever been to Shreveport, but I'm not going to Shreveport out right here. I mean, because you're going to get shot in Shreveport. I mean, okay. there's only two safe places, in the stadium and in the casino. That's it. Anywhere else, you're subject to being to being shot. So, okay. Uh, that might be drive in that morning, drive out that evening. I don't Oof. know. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, but I think it'd be cool. I It's going to all come down to KU, but where they're going, whether it's Liberty Bowl, which is mm-hmm. a likely destination, or they can get into one of those, like the Texas Bowl or one of the other bowls that are in, in South Texas, if they can beat K-State next week. Right. That's going to be a big thing. I, I think they got a shot. I do. I, it's so weird that I'm rooting for KU against K-State next week. It's so much fun. And we, I, told, I don't know if I told you the story yet, but we were talking at my house on Sunday. So mm-hmm. uh, you know Jen, my wife. So Jen yes. comes to me right before we're eating breakfast. It's like 1030 in the morning. I'm eating breakfast. She's already eaten. She's been up for like three hours and she's all joyful and everything. I've been up for like 10 minutes. And she says, I got to talk to you. I said, okay. I'm not going to be oversharing here, but she says, look, I know you want to go to LSU's bowl game and Tulane's bowl game, and we know it might work out to where it's New Year's Eve in New Orleans and then the Cotton Bowl on the second. Mm. She said, but I really don't want to go just to go to games. She's like, if it was, we went to one or the other and we were there for a few days and we made a vacation out of it and did some other stuff, I'd be more apt to go. Totally understand. Was just counting you not going, and we'll see how things shake up. And then, and I was like, we'll see how role projections look this week. And we still sure. have two more weeks till we know anything. So Jen goes off to go play tennis. I stay home and watching football. I check out both ESPN and SI's updated bowl um, bowl projections. Mm-hmm. And the updated bowl projections Sunday afternoon had LSU playing in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans after losing to, to Georgia in the SC championship game, yep. playing Kansas State. Oh. And Jen's a K-State grad. Right. You know. So Jen comes home, we're having dinner, we're talking, and I said, hey. And it, not only did ESPN project this, but SI is projected. The right. SI guy is usually very close. He is usually really sharp and on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, the projection shows that it's K-State versus LSU. And she goes, all right, I'll go to that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she says, we can talk trash at that one. Because okay. she wants so bad to be able to talk trash of a K-State LSU game because they played two years. They played last year in the uh-huh. bowl, right? And LSU didn't have any quarterbacks. All the quarterbacks were gone. 
Uh, they play a fifth-year senior at quarterback who was a wide receiver and hadn't played quarterback since high school. Okay. Didn't have a head coach because Brian Flynn mm-hmm. announced the coach, didn't coach the bowl game. And they only dressed like 40 players. Right. At the bowl game. And so K-State whooped the shit out of them because they brought in their whole thing and LSU was basically half a team. Right. At one point, they lost like two linebackers to the injuries. And they had so many opt-outs and everything else. They had two players get hurt in the game, and they had to play a safety at linebacker. Jeez. And so you really – she was – like she wanted to give it to me. K-State beat LSU, you son of – she couldn't because she realized we played half a team. I can't brag right. about you. Now, what will be funny is if they play this year, there's not going to be a whole bunch of LSU guys opting out. No, it'll be a full team. Yeah. And, and they'll have an Alabama Kelly's going to be there with that full team. And he's going to, and he's going to have Jaden Daniels at quarterback. And he's going to be like, hey, you want a Heisman campaign next year? It starts today. Absolutely. So that's not going to go well for K State. No. <laughs> so be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. For sure. I'll have to make some kind of a bet on that. We'll if it comes to pass, you absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to talk about that off the air. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was funny stuff with the bowl games. But the KU stuff, I think it's really cool. The KU has all this excitement in Lawrence. They got a big game tonight in basketball. Yep. Um, just one on, was that Tuesday night or Monday night? They had the game. Oh, they beat Duke on Tuesday night. They beat Duke on Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, all my days have been running together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was, that was an impressive win against Duke. Yeah. Uh, when is Coach Self back? Um, so he was out for the first four games. So I believe after tonight. Okay. He will be back. Okay. I, I didn't, I knew it was four games, but I don't know how many they played. I, you know, I don't follow it that closely. I mean, they had yeah, no exhibition games. They don't count. So, no. like, I don't really know. So, yeah. So they're currently three and oh now. So tonight's game will be the end of the suspension for him and Townsend. Okay. And then KU hosts Texas yes. on Saturday. Are you guys going to that game? I'm not going to the game. Okay. I'm, no, I'm going to be um, – I'm kind of taking it easy. It's cold. I don't – I don't deal well with going to outdoor cold games. I understand. I'm, I'm passing I think all fun, I think all football should be played in the Dome this time of year. <laughs> Unless you are south, unless you are in the southeast or the far west, like in California, every game from now on should be played a dome. I really enjoyed some action um, on Wednesday night with the snowstorms yeah. in Michigan. But yeah, I passed on tickets for the Broncos uh, Chiefs game because it's a Sunday night game in the middle of December. I'm like, yeah, no, that's going to be cold. It's miserable. Like, like I got to go to a Chiefs game this year. We went against the Chargers that Thursday mm-hmm. night game. It was great. It was a great experience. And we, um, it was, uh, it, that's fun. It's fun when it's warm out. Yeah. Even if it's cool, it's okay. But when it, when it gets in the 20s, I have no use at watching a game in person that I can watch on television. And honestly, especially at the higher end, the NFL and in the higher end college games, mm-hmm. the experience of the game is actually better on television. Oh, absolutely. Fully agree. 
unless you are, and the exception is if you're a fan of a certain team and it's like a, a great big atmosphere. If you're yeah. a KU fan next week, this week might be good against Texas, but next week against K-State, you know, the arrival game, that's a good atmosphere. That would be worth me standing in the cold for. Sure, but it's having oh. to go to Manhattan versus... Yeah, that, was, that one's different, yeah. Well, like yeah. last weekend, we usually go when LSU plays Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We usually go to Arkansas. It's the mm-hmm. easiest game for me to get to in conference. Yep. It's only a four-hour drive. If it's a night game, I can leave in the morning and go. This year, they played an 11 a.m. game last week. Oof. And so it would have been, we would have had to have gone Friday. And then I saw how cold it was going to be. And I was like, I would have no part of that. It looked gross. No and it snowed. I was like, I don't know part of a snowy, yeah. cold game. I have done that already, and I'm not doing it again. Yeah. An 11 a.m. game. No. No, 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 no. Fully appreciate that. So, uh, fun stuff going around in Lawrence. And it's it's just this happy time. It's happy because it's not just all basketball is here. Right. Usually basketball is here and everyone's like, oh, great, basketball is here to save us. But football is still fun. And I hear yeah. Jalen Daniels may be back this week. I, I would love to see it. I want to make sure that he's healthy. I mean, their quarterback situation has been pretty fluid because Jalen got hurt. Um, yeah. Ian isn't doing great. Their third string is kind of iffy too. Yeah. And frankly, we beat Texas last year. We can do it again. Yeah. I can't, I'm not even sure the what the last time that Texas beat us at Memorial. Yeah, they, they've won like two or three in a row. I mean, it's been KU's beaten Texas up a couple times. Yes, like especially four, at like home. That. Yeah. Um, this is a good Texas team. Yeah. Oh no, I mean great, but they're good. They got too much credit last week going into the TCU game. They should have never been the favorite in that game. Yeah, but, that was um, weird. And I'm assuming you're picking KU as your pick this week? Yeah. I mean, uh, when I placed my bet earlier, they were plus nine, and I'm taking them on the money line. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. We'll get to the Caesars picks in a little bit. But uh, I always assume that's your pick because it's pretty much your pick. I will tell you, don't pick the Nuggets tonight. That hurt you last week. And I was actually yeah. looking at spreads earlier today and was going to add the Nuggets to something because they were getting nine points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Something's wrong. And then I went and looked and saw that Jokic has COVID. Yeah, Jokic and Murray are both out um, in COVID protocols. It's unclear if Bones Highland is going to play. Aaron Gordon is out. And I'm unsure if he was cleared to play. So, yeah, I would definitely stay off that game. So, thus, Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite. I was like, how is Dallas a nine and a half point favorite? And I looked, you got to be careful. I heard a great well, – let's, let's just do this now. I heard a great line about gambling. We, we talk a lot of sports gambling because obviously Caesars is a sponsor, and we talk a lot about that. I heard a great line from Pat McAfee yesterday. Mm. Pat McAfee was talking about, you know, about him gambling, and he's like, mm. look, I do. I get down on these games. We have the thing with FanDuel in his case, and he was talking about that. And he says, look, he says, this is how much I play, and I have this much money, so I can afford to play $1,500 a game. And, sure. and but I feel really strongly, I might go to 5,000 again. He says, but for most people, you shouldn't do that. No. He says, you should not. If you think that you're going to sports gamble your way into a new tax bracket, the opposite is going to happen to you. House always wins. Yes. They didn't build all those casinos in the desert based on giving out money to the winners. 
and these apps and everything else. I mean, the fact that the gambling company spent a half a billion dollars trying to get legalized gambling in California, this last yeah. rotation to the election and failed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they have money and they're going to spend it and they're using our money to do it. Oh, so if you're sure. going to do it, have fun with it. It, it. it does, I think it enhances the game if you're into such a thing. I certainly am. I know you are too. Mm-hmm. But be careful. And I thought Pat McAfee said it really great that way of, you know, hey, you think it's going to launch you into a new tax bracket. You're wrong. It's going to take you to a new tax bracket the other way. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, if I, I'm i betting more than 10 bucks on a game, yeah. it's because I'm being very saucy. Yeah. I'm, my average is about 25. I have a game here and there. I'll bet 50. Mm-hmm. But I like my parlay is like 10. I don't do, go yeah. crazy. And, shit. and I do none of the in-game parlays. Tyler Jones talked me into doing one last night. And he was like, come on, you should do one just so we can compare our, our, how we did. And I was like, I, these are all just crapshoots. Oh, absolutely. I got like, like, okay, I was like, the, I picked like Aaron Jones over 45 yards. Derrick Henry over 85 and scoring a touchdown. Yep. Derrick Henry does his part, but Aaron Jones only had like 38 yards. Right. Like, you know, that kind of thing. The one thing that I will do in game is if I see a good enough slide in the odds or especially relative to football, I do enjoy betting the live outcome of that particular drive. I won't do the drive. That is kind of cool though. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will do, I look at it as the value on the game. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Let me pull up a spread here. I'll just go to my Caesars app and go from there. We'll just take this right into our picks. We'll just do it that way. So, well, like, I mean, for say, me, say like the a, biggest guys, one you go ahead. was the, the Bears San Francisco game. It was raining, it yeah. was messy. I had bet on them and it kept going. And I was just like, okay, I'll take I'll take the money line, I'll take the money line, I'll take the money line. I don't often take the odds bets. Um mm-hmm. Just because to me, it the value isn't necessarily there. And if I'm yeah. going to lose, I might as well just lose straight up. Yeah. So. Well, I'll give you an example. Like this week, Michigan is an 18-point favorite against Illinois. So the way I look at the live betting is, let's say they, they kick the game off and Illinois gets the ball first. Mm-hmm. And they go score it. They get a field goal. Right. That eighteen point spread is going to drop to sixteen. Yep. Or if they if they get a touchdown, it's going to drop it into fourteen. If you wanted that number, if like because like it's hard for me to lay eighteen, but I'd be a lot better. If, and I would say to myself, okay, if that gets down to fourteen, I'm good with that number. Sure. So by having more information. The outcome to me is still the same outcome. That's still a constant. Because we know the ebbs and flows of a game are going to be something. So it may present itself an opportunity. Now, it can fuck you the other way. If the Illinois-Michigan game, Illinois gets the ball first, they throw a pick six. Right. Game's going to go from from an 18-point spread to a 26-point spread really quick. And you're going to go, well, I'm I'm not going to jump on that. Right. And that's why with the live... um, 
possession, how it ends. I don't yeah. bet until two or three plays have happened into that yeah. particular yeah. possession yeah. because I'm like, mm, I want to get an, a feel for how everyone is playing in this particular possession. And I, I can get a feel for a game as the game goes on. And, and, mm-hmm. and whether that's football or basketball, I mean, like, I've been watching a lot more college basketball this year than I usually do. Good. Congratulations. Uh, Welcome. No, no, it's a bad thing. It is not. It is a terrible thing is I keep losing. (laughs) Well, maybe just watch it, not bet it. No, the only reason I'm watching is because I bet the game. (laughs) I do have a thing I was going to tell you this. This is what I was going to tell you offline. I told you I'd tell you something online. Um, So... Obviously, I use the Caesars app, but I also mm-hmm. have other apps. I have the MGM app. And I have the DraftKings app. We have like five of them here in Kansas. Sure. I do not use a couple. Um, I don't like FanDuel. I think it's kind of clunky. And I don't like Barstool because I'm not going to support rapist. So yep. I don't support them at all. Um, but I have noticed during basketball season, if I place a basketball bet on DraftKings, I am going to lose. Interesting. If I place a bet on MGM or Caesars, I'm going to win. I literally last night, this wasn't about, this was football. I was looking at the Packer Titans game and I said, what do I think? Okay. And I said, I like the Titans. I like the Titans plus three. I could see if Rodgers gets hot, could be tough. I'm not real confident. So I went to my MGM app because I was able to get three and a half. The hook's always helpful there. Mm-hmm. Same odds. I went ahead and put, got, took the three and a half. Went to DraftKings, and they were laying two and a half. The Packers were laying two and a half. So I bet 25 on MGM. And then I bet 10 over at DraftKings on the Packers, trying to get the reverse mojination work. Sure. And it worked. I have a problem. <laughs> And I have to back away from some of this. So, like, literally, I was like, okay, bet 10 and see. And there is no rhyme or reason for this. No. on that app, I can't win. So, I just, I kind of, like, I guess I'm, like, hedging now. It's the worst thing to be. I, it's so stupid. Yes. You don't want to end up spreading yourself thin amongst multiple platforms when you can just bet small. Yeah on a, a bunch of different things on one. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the nice thing is you get like three or four different ones and you can get different, you know, parlay insurance mm-hmm. and that. Caesars is great at giving you extra profit boosts. You yep. know, DraftKings has their kind of ready-made ones, which I don't like those ready-made ones. The, the odds are better, but they yes. always stick one team in there that you know is not going to Yeah, or even the same game parlay where it's a particular team. There's always something that they're pretty sure. I I can't do same game parlay. I did one last night. I just put five bucks on it just because Tyler and I were were gagging back and forth. And we're like, okay, you got to pick three things. I picked three things. He picked three. He got one. I got two. But still didn't win. So it's like, uh, sure. What are you going to do? More of a truck trash. Um, Well, let's just get into it. So Caesars, you got to do your picks for this week. What do you got for me this week? I, I I'm taking pay you on the money line just it's to on the beat money Texas. Line. Yep. Okay, so let's review real quick here. Um, we both did not have good weeks last week. No. Um, 
it was pretty poor. You were eight, three, and one coming into last week, and you were really confident in KU and the Nuggets and lost both. Yep. So you're now sitting at eight, five, and one. Old Coach Bo was sitting at 10, 10, and one after going three and oh and loving life. <laughs> and Tulane lost. Mm-hmm. LSU was minus four. They won by three. Mm-hmm. And your Wisconsin Badgers. Fucky Bucky. Who I will not be betting on ever again. <laughs> Fair enough. I go 0 and 3. I, I don't know. I'm 10, 13, and 1. Now, here's the crazy thing. I make our picks here, and I'm not doing well. But then I get in game, and I kill it sometimes. I mean, like two weeks ago, I was just on top. Last week, I still finished slightly ahead because of the Chiefs, and I got in game on the Chiefs. In game is different than picking and it so 24, 48 hours in advance. Yeah. Um, oh, and a big fuck you to UCLA. <laughs> I was on UCLA in Oregon last week. Put a two-team parlay. Like, they're both going to win. And no problem. I went on the money line for both. Both lost. I was right all season when I said that USC is the only good team in that goddamn conference. We'll see. So, my picks this week. You're th- well, first off, who you're taking? You're taking KU. I am. I'm taking KU and, on the and money line. Big balls. Kansas is a nine point underdog. Nine. Now, I was able to get Kansas plus 10 on Monday. Okay. And I also put Kansas, the Kansas KU K State spread came out early, and I was mm. able to take KU plus 10 against K State next week. Um, so hang on here. Now I can get back to this thing. All right. So let me get these, these odds up here. I want to make sure we're good. You're taking Kansas, who is a nine point dog, but you're taking them on the money line. That's just balls as big as church bells right there. Yep. Uh, yep. so you're going to be getting what? Plus two sixty. Two. I got that, it. Plus two sixty five. Yep. You got two sixty five. So that's the equivalent of like two and a half wins. Mm-hmm. So that's that's big big balls there. So I like it. I like that you. I like that you go hard there. I, I, that's, go harder, you know, go home. Wasn't that a yeah. big Johnson T-shirt back in the day? Yeah, something like that. So <laughs> you know, on the money line, and I'm not going with you on the money line. I'm not even gonna. I got the plus ten earlier in the week. I think Texas is good. I think they're a good team. Sure, but. I just we also don't know about the quarterback situation. Correct. If if Jalen Daniels is playing, I like Kansas. Okay. But we don't quite know yet. But I like him. If they if he plays, I'm with you. And I and I I could go and I might right at game time and find out. Because I even like the bean kid. I think the bean kid, Jason is a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a strong fucking arm. He does. He's just not accurate. He's just rough. not accurate. and But the other thing is, I think what we'll see in that game is I think we're going to see another big Devin Neal game. Let's hope so. He's, I mean, he's he healthy. was fantastic he got, last week or yeah, two weeks yeah. ago. Well, he was fantastic last week, too. Yeah. 
He got banged up at the end of the game last week, but he's been fantastic. If he's 100%, that's how you shorten a game against a good team is you hit that run game. Well, and he's going to show out for senior day at yeah. home. He will be there for his team. Devin Neal is, is pretty phenomenal. So mm-hmm. uh, that's your only pick this week, just the one, or you got everything else for me? It is. I was looking at the KU spread for basketball tonight, and that's, I mean, it's just stupid at this point. Twenty-one. I was looking, is how many? Twenty-one and a half. So I was looking at one last night. I was looking at Kentucky's game. Mm-hmm. They were forty point five point favorites, mm-hmm. and they covered. Huh. They won by forty-three. I was joking with Tyler. I was like, 40? Like we should put twenty bucks on this just because it's forty points." And then I went, "You know what? If anyone's going to cover a game at forty points, it's going to be a Calipari team. If I bet against it." Well, especially given that they lost to Michigan State on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, God. I had I had him in that game. And that big they got, I can't think of his name now. My God, he's good. Sheepway? Yes. Oscar Sheepway? Mm-hmm. Yes. He's the one that last year killed KU. Yeah. In the game at Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, he was – They. he is phenomenal. He's. He is the best rebounder I have seen in college – in a very long time. Yeah, until he blows his coverage and then allows for Donk to carry it yeah. into overtime. So, yeah. oh, oh, was... well, wait a minute. Is that the overtime? Because the, the dunk that they gave up that won the game, they gave up two dunks. So, one yeah. was to, because one he was already fouled out. And that, so he, I think he fouled on that lone coverage to put it into overtime. And then the other one, he was already out or something like that. I wasn't able to see the game since I had uh-huh. prior obligations. But Okay, cool. All right. Well, I got to get my picks back up here because now I got to okay. text my wife as I'm doing all this. So my picks this week, I've got three. And, you know, usually it's me picking, you know, Tulane and a couple of but Tulane already covered on Thursday. So here's where I'm at. USC and UCLA. This is my fuck you to UCLA for not doing anything last week. I'm taking USC minus two and a half. Uh, Minnesota is playing Iowa. The game's at Minnesota. I'm taking Minnesota on the money line. Uh, They are a three-point favorite. I'm just taking them on the money line. It could be close. It was the odds to me. And then one more Big Ten game. I think the Michigan Wolverines are for real. I think they're really good, and they run away with games in the second half. They're laying 18 at home to Illinois, and they're going to cover. Here's my only question relative to that game. Are they looking ahead to Ohio State? I wonder that too, but here's why I don't think it matters. Okay. I don't think it matters in this case because the way Michigan plays – Okay. They're a running team. Usually, you if you're going to look past somebody, you think, well, our system's going to work. And it's one of these cool kind of throw the ball around, beat you with the system kind of things. Right. Michigan just plays hard-nosed, run-it-at-you football. And the way they win, I would never bet on Michigan in the first half. They'll never cover a first-half spread. Okay. But they run away with games in the late third quarter and all through the fourth quarter. Because their defense is really good, 
and they just keep pounding the rock at you and they break big plays and they're in the yep. run game. That's why to me, I see exactly what you're saying. And I think the same thing with Ohio state and they're a big favorite. Um, and I, again, that's why I wouldn't make that bet on Ohio state because they're going to look forward to Michigan and their yep. offense is not the same kind of offense. But with Michigan, that offense is a run the ball, pound it, pound it, pound it. I don't know the stats on this. I need to look it up. But I would bet that Michigan's average yards per carry in the second half of games has got to be in the top five of the country. Interesting. If not one or two. I'm just, they just keep pounding you, keep pounding you. And I'll watch the game or I'll even just look at game cast and I'll see mm-hmm. they score and they score because it's a 40-yard run. Right. And it's just a normal dive play or an option play. And it's just, they just block well. And every run play, if you block it right, it can be a touchdown. Yeah. So they're, they're just really good. They do what nobody else does in that way. Um, I was telling Tyler Jones this week, I think I want to see this Michigan team against this Georgia team. Mm. They played last year, and that was like the historically good. Georgia defense. Yes. Georgia's defense this year is really good. They're not as good as they were last year. Mm-hmm. Michigan's defense is better, and they're more experienced on offense. That would be a really good old-school game of defense and running the ball. A game will never be a two-score game until late. Right. But I think that Michigan-Ohio State game next week, given you've got two Heisman contenders, one on either side, the pound and grind kind of thing going on. It's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Yeah. And, and I like Ohio State in that game. I think I, I think Ohio State, I still think Ohio is the best team in the country. I do. Mm-hmm. And I think Ohio is going to beat Michigan. But if Michigan beats Ohio State, that's the formula that can beat Georgia. Okay. It's the formula LSU is going to try. Watch. Makes sense. They're going to try to run the ball, and they're going to try to add Daniels, uh, Jaden Daniels, do his thing, and that's what they're going to have to do in the SEC championship game. So, sure. I don't think that's going to work, but that's what I got. So, those are my three picks: USC, Minnesota, and Michigan. So, fade me at your own will. We'll see what happens there on that. We thank Caesars for sponsoring this podcast. Don't forget, you can use the link in the show notes and get up to a thousand bucks back on your first bet in Caesar Sportsbook. Plus you get a little extra bonus as well. And I'm, and we love Caesar Sportsbook. It's like, it's the easiest sportsbook to use. I really like it personally as well. So not just because they sponsor us. And I actually have better luck there than anything else. Plus I love the profit boosts. They have profit boosts that you can get. You make your own parlay. They'll give you a 33% boost on them. They throw them at you every so often just to make you do something. Oh, sure. I one this week, it was like, here's a, here's a profit boost for 33%. Okay, but it was only three teams. So I did a three-team NBA parlay, and I hit it. So nice. So, yeah, things like that. All right, we're jumping around. So this is Friday, and um, last night the Titans played the Packers. Mm-hmm. And a game that the Titans went, and it's pretty much dominated because they run the football better than everybody else. And the Packers didn't play well. and Two weeks ago, I guess it was Sunday, so it's not like it's two weeks ago, five days ago, mm-hmm. um, the Packers beat the Cowboys because they ran the football. If you listen to the podcast earlier in the week, Uncle Rico and I talked all about how running the football matters. 
Titans ran the football. Packers did not. Titans win the game. But the biggest story from this game is not the outcome of the game. Or yeah. even that the Packers are not going to make the playoffs now. The Packers do have to go 6-0 and to have any chance from here on out. But it was that at 4.30 in the morning, Titans offensive coordinator gets pulled over and gets a DUI. Whew. I just don't get it. Now, so this is um, Titans offense coordinator Todd Downing was charged with DUI and speeding early Friday morning. The incident took place at 4.36 a.m. He posted a bond at 6.45 a.m. Uh-huh. And look, we see this all the time. We see the Instagram pictures. They're all over. The guys will be on the plane. They're celebrating. They're drinking. These guys have got car services. The NFL supplies a car service for these guys. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. I mean, even if you're just going home and you think you're fine, I mean, yeah. for fuck's sake, and even if you're having, because it's clear that they not only had drinks on the plane, there was also yeah. drinks at the facility once they got back, but come on. Yeah. And I'm not stupid enough to say I've never drank and drive. We know that would be a lie. But what I will tell you is that I don't do it now. I just, the cops are out. They're going to get you. I tell my son this every week. Like he'll be like, hey, I want to go out with some friends. I'm like, cool, go. You have an Uber app on your phone. If you get home, use it, take a picture of where the car is, use the Uber app to get home. Yeah. The NFL guys have a special car service they can use. Have your wife drive you to the facility, carpool, something. Don't get a fucking DUI in the middle of the season. And this guy's a coach. I know. Stay at the facility. Get some fucking sleep in the office. For real. Like, it's not like you haven't slept there before. So uh, just take a nap. Take a nap. Take a nap and go home at nine. You don't have to work on Monday. I mean, the coaches are, but yeah, you're going to be working Monday anyway. So just take a fucking nap and then they go get in the fucking sauna for a little bit and then go start looking at fucking film. Exactly. It was, it, I don't know. I, I saw it this morning and I was just like, this is so stupid. <laughs> because that's what have, it is. I just have zero tolerance on this stuff because if I, as a middle-class white man can figure out the fucking uber app works and how can nobody else figure this out i mean look i'm not tech savvy but i know how the uber app works that helps out the driver too but you know it, it's just not it was the easiest thing my kid turned 18 and it was the first thing i taught him i was like hey look i'm not stupid enough to think you're not going to do this yeah so if you do be safe be smart we all know what happens if you get a dui it fucks everything up it does. And like in my case, I'm not going to get a DUI because I'm not risking my fucking securities license. Well, yeah. I'll I mean, fucking Uber everything. I'll Uber to the end of the world if I have to. I'm not risking my securities license on that. We definitely all have different reasons for doing it. Yeah. We all have different reasons for just thinking that we're fine and we'll make it home. Yes. But to your point, where the NFL actually provides this service as yes, part yes. of being a part of the league, there is no reason for you to not, not dial that up. 
I mean, it's so crazy. Like in our life, you know, like the wife and I, we live in Lawrence, Kansas. And it's not mm-hmm. like we live, you know, in Nashville, like these guys do. If we decide we're going to go out, and it could be something as simple as we want to go downtown to Mass Street yeah. and go have dinner and a couple of drinks. Mm-hmm. We take an Uber. And it's twofold. One, we don't want to drink and drive. But two, we don't want to park either. Park and walk right. around. These guys have got car services. They got all sorts of shit. And I know that they, they want to look great in their brand new car or their, their, their sure, nice car sure. and flex. I get all that. This is the goddamn offensive coordinator. Yeah. He should first off shouldn't be worried about shit like that. And secondly, he ought to be making an example to everybody else by not making these mistakes. And that's a team that's they're not a great team. They're a good team. And they've got a chance to be a, a better team now that Brian Tannehill is back, mm-hmm. but they can't have distractions like this. No, no. And when you've got someone like Derrick Henry on your team, that is your, you know, cornerstone of everything else. And like you said, with Tannehill coming back and maybe you can make a push. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's a dumb mistake that could have easily been avoided. And that's what yeah. makes it frustrating. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff there. So um, did you see the Bills game got moved? I did. Um, Bills, um, Bills and Browns has been moved to Detroit because of the snow. Yeah, uh, Buffalo is in the middle of receiving anywhere up to perhaps, I think the last I saw was 70 inches. Currently there's about 40 inches on the ground right now in Buffalo of snow. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, well, if Buffalo would have a roof, and I'm like, that roof would collapse with the weight of the snow. So it's probably a good thing they moved it regardless. But yeah, that, that storm hitting yeah. off the Great Lakes is uh, some nuttiness out there. Yeah, I did see yesterday, you know, um, you know, one of my big, I hate the barstool guys. Yep. Especially, especially Portnoy. Yeah. Portnoy's out there telling people. They should go play in it. Oh, shit. Someone should kill that guy. I mean, I just, I hate that guy. I mentioned I don't support rapists, so I don't, I don't get on, get down on Barstool. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he literally was like, oh, it's no big deal. They can plow the snow and play in it. It's part of football. No. Yeah. Not playing football in a five foot snowstorm. It, this isn't, uh, you know, Maction going on where it's snowing and you can clear at least a couple of clear paths to see where it is. It's if you have 70 inches of snow, you are going to be covered up to what your chest Mm -hmm. in snow while you're trying to play football. Yeah. And even if you got the snow, if you melt it from the bottom, you know, a lot of it feels like an arrowhead they have where they have a thing underneath the heater systems, yeah. Heaters underneath. That snow has to go somewhere. And the other part that, you know, Portnoy and his dumbass isn't thinking is you've got to open roads to get fans, to get people who work there. Yeah. It's an unsafe environment. Keep your ass at home. It's a public hazard. So I'm glad that they moved it. Why would you even consider not moving that game? Get these guys out of town as fast as you can. Let's move this game and, and play it somewhere else. So. Kudos to the NFL for making the right decision there. It's they should not have often, done it, it in Tampa with the hurricane, and they refused they to have. do so. Yeah, they should have. 
So, yeah, I just thought I heard that one. And I was like, oh, you got to be shitting me. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting weekend. We're both baseball people as well. This is awards week. So I want to jump into that, kind of get your thoughts on some of the awards. Um, we got our MVPs on Thursday. Aaron Judge, as we expected, won the MVP in the American League. Yep. In a pretty big route. At 30 votes, he got 28 of the first yeah. place votes. Otani got two. Um, and then Paul Goldschmidt won it internationally, pretty much going away as well. Yeah. Um, any beef with either of those? No. I mean, I think both of us have pretty much cited on the fact that Judge was going to get it. Um, yeah. Goldschmidt had a hell of a season and uh, really kind of carried St. Louis for quite a while. So it makes sense. Yeah. And Arenado, his teammate, finished second. In the yeah. American National League. Um, and then third in the American League was uh, Jordan Alvarez, who is so underrated. That guy's the next big pop. We call him and new pop. You said that for a while. I mean, yeah, going so into good. the playoffs, you were, yeah. you were very. And he had, yeah. And he had the big home run in the World Series. I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty incredible. Uh, third place in the National League was Manny Machado. Um, question I always have about the MVP thing is, it's the one feather in the cap you can get that really can, um, that really can make your Hall of Fame um, um, presentation better. I mean, like with Judge, he's too young to talk about that. But yeah. I don't think it's too young to talk about with Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt's finished second twice. Yeah, never won the MVP. Just won it this year, and I think he is like one of the most like grossly underrated players of their whole generation mm-hmm. i think this is the the tip that gets him over the hump when it comes down time for him to get in the hall of fame i think that makes sense i think that yeah. totally makes sense oh it, it's uh you know he's been so good all his years in arizona he was so good he's right. probably the best player in the history of the diamondbacks i mean you could yeah, argue I- randy johnson but i mean best day-to-day player ever and their whole organization is Goldschmidt. And it's one of those things when you play for bad teams, you don't get the visual, yeah. you know, across the board where people can see you or care to even watch you. Yeah. And then you got, I mean, this year he gets, he got traded to St. Louis and yep. I wasn't real thrilled when he got traded to St. Louis. The Cardinals, one of those teams that openly root against. Yes. And I do think that going to a game at their stadium is a really great experience. Yeah. I just don't like Cardinal fans. Correct. The anytime you call yourselves the best fans in baseball, you know, and they always say, well, we we applaud things like like sacrifice ground outs and stuff like that. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, but I, I still do root for Goldschmidt. And like they have Arenado now too. And he's another guy that I really liked in his years in Denver. Yeah. And now he's there, and I'm like, God, I don't want to root against Arenado. I like him too. So, um, but yeah, it was cool to see that the the two guys finished first and second, and then Judge over Otani made sense to me. Absolutely. I, I mean, Otani had uh, an immeasurable season that may never be seen again, yeah. and I, there has to be some sort of recognition for that at some point yeah. um, beyond just saying, "Okay, you can't get a hitter pitcher." to do that because you just I don't know maybe he will inspire kids to get into it now that the DH is permanent across both leagues that we'll see somebody else like him but I doubt it yeah I doubt we'll see anybody like that because you you have to be so exceptional to be a pitcher yeah 
And then to be an everyday player, you've got to be exceptional. To yeah. be exceptional at two positions is more than extremely difficult. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's wild. Had Otani come up in American culture, and I'm not trying to degrade Japanese culture by any means mm-hmm. here. In Japan, that's a little more allowed. Mm-hmm. I think had he, and I, and I don't even mean it that way, had Otani grown up here in America, people would have told him, you're better doing one or the other. Yeah, it would not have been encouraged. It would not have, he would have not been able to do both. Yeah. At one point, someone would have said, either in, either in you know, college or the minors, they'd have said, hey, you're better at this. Focus on this. Well, and especially once rumbling of a DH taking hold in the National League started, it would have started filtering down, you know, to minors and college and, you know, everything running up to it. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a shame. I always enjoyed pitchers hitting. I hate the universal DH, but. Uh, you know, Otani is somebody who shows you if pitchers get a chance and are trained in a way that can benefit them, they can be a valuable hitter on the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because you have to spend so much time pitching. It's so hard to develop. And so it's, that's why he's great. And and I know that that's the argument is that he's so good at both. You got to consider him the most valuable player, but judge had a historic season. I mean, he did have a historic season, and the Angels again were outside the playoffs. So it's kind of hard to to consider a most valuable player who isn't in the postseason. Yeah, and Judge's case, the Yankees he carried the Yankees, especially yeah. in that big first half. I mean, yep. They were fifteen games up, and largely because yeah. he carried. Um, Cy Young Award best, which for those who don't know, the best pitcher in baseball. Um, I. American League is the best story, I think, but they're both yeah. pretty good. Justin Verlander, 39 years old, coming off of Tommy John surgery, wins his third Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I mean, he, he was already going to the Hall of Fame, but this clinches it. He's, he's, first oh, yeah. He's, he's as good as anyone in his whole generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's, he's still doing it at his age. If I had his wife at home, I'd be still doing it at that age too. <laughs> I, I presume that his wife, Kate Upton, was not bitching about getting the Cy Young at this point, but she has in the past. So props to her. You know, and for people know, yes, he's married to Kate Upton. That is, that is like, you get to be the Cy Young winner. You win the World Series. He's the only pitcher to win the World Series in three decades, three separate decades. And he's married to Kate Upton. And for those Some of you. people who- have all the money. Ellen, that's. For those of you who don't know, Kate Upton was a supermodel because perhaps there are listeners of ours who grew up post supermodel era. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you You Google it, she was Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, you know, cover girl, all this kind of stuff. She's pretty fantastic. Google. Google is your friend, young people. Yes. Um, so and the, the coolest part of the, the Verlander thing is coming back from Tommy John surgery. Yeah, if you absolutely. don't know what Tommy John surgery, that's they go into your elbow and they put a cadaver ligament in. It takes a year to recover. Um, it's near to the old pitcher, Tommy John. That's why it's called Tommy John surgery. He was the first guy to get it. And you're out the whole season. I mean, he was out the yeah. whole last season. 
came back this year at 39. I mean, Tommy John surgery, you shouldn't be getting out of 38. Right. And he came back at 39 and was throwing the ball just as well. His control was just as good. He wasn't quite as um, – his velocity was down just a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's learning how to pitch more, you know, instead of just being a hard thrower. And, and that's why he's one of the all-time greats. So congrats to Justin Verlander. And then on the National League side, a first-time winner and someone that people just don't know, and that's Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins. The first time a Marlin has won a major award, whether it's MVP or – um, or Rookie of the Year. No no Marlins ever won one of the three major awards. Alcantara, if you haven't seen it, we are talking, you and I were talking earlier about this off air. He's a hell of a pitcher. I've watched him pitch a few times, and he can go. And I've not seen him, because who watches the Marlins unless yeah. you have a reason to? Yeah, I've watched him pitch against uh, the Braves a couple times this year. I watched yeah. him pitch in a couple other games. I'm one of those freak guys that'll turn a ball game on just because you're bored. And I've made a I've made an appointment watching a couple of times to watch him pitch and I've heard so many good things mm-hmm. and he's fantastic and, and really deserving. Um, and he got 13 of the 30 uh, votes. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He got, th- he got all 30 in the first place. Vote. Right. Unanimous uh, Cy Young in his case. Um, unbelievable. And just happy as hell for him. So um, it's so rare that someone from the Marlins wins anything. So well, to your point, it's never happened before. Yeah, and <laughs> and they don't win. I mean, like they've won the World Series, but they've never had an award win because their ownership sucks. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. You go back with the Marlins. You think with that first World Series team they had. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at that roster. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and, and then they just. And- they, they split they, it. They sold them all. Sold yep. them all the next year. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Um, rookie of the year. Everybody, they have rookie of the year for both. Uh, Michael Harris from the, from the Braves wins. We had Braves in the first two spots. Spencer Strider of the Braves finished second. And I always think it's cool when rookies get that because you, you see an organization go in and say, hey, we got two big-time rookies. And you just don't see organizations now play rookies you know, give them 500 at-bats, you know, to play them 100 games. Right. And the Braves did it. Teams tend to not do it because they can't. They, they don't think they can do it with two of them in a pennant race. The Braves were in a pennant race, won the division, and had two rookies in the lineup. And they finished one and two in the rookie of the year. Hadn't happened. The team had had that since 1989. Oh. Your Chicago Cubs. Do you know who it was? God, no. Jerome Walton and Dwight Smith. I remember that, that series. That season was a good huh. season. Yeah. They finished one and two that year. And then, and you never know a rookie of the year. If it's just the guy who was the best player, like in this case, I mean, I don't think Michael Harris is going to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. He may be an all-star. He may be a perennial all-star. I don't know. But occasionally we get a rookie of the year that we know is going to be a superstar. Yeah. That's Julio Rodriguez in the season. Oh, my God. He's so much fun. This is one of the best young players in baseball. So good that the Mariners have already given him a 12-year contract. Yeah. Um, if you watch the All-Star game and Home Run Derby, mm-hmm. he had the big Home Run Derby, all the excitement from that, and then had a big, big play in the All-Star game this year. Started the All-Star game yeah. as a rookie. That's unheard of as well. This guy 
is a star. Yes. And this, it, it's hard to not, it's, it's elaborate to say this. He's the center fielder, superstar for the Seattle Mariners. It's hard to not compare him to Green. It, it's going to be hard to, and I think people will hold their tongue seeing, you know, just trying to make sure he doesn't get injured or anything else goes crazy. But I, I will probably turn on Mariners games next year just to get a chance to watch him. Yeah. I think they're going to make a couple of moves in free agency too. So they've, yeah. been, they've been doing some things. They made a trade this past week too. So um, I'm not going to compare him to Griffey. I think Griffey's one of the best five players I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but Julio Rodriguez is exciting. He's uh, both a power guy and a great bat. So he's going to get you, he's going to get on base. He's going to get you a great batting average and he's got power. Yep. He's exciting in center field. He is a superstar. Yeah. And he's very personable and really just loves what he's doing. Um, Manager of the year. You want to hit those real quick? Yep. American League, Terry Francona of the Cleveland Guardians. Otherwise known as the Red Sox, former manager. Former manager of the Boston Red Sox. Yes, I like Tito. Um, he is, this is the one, the one that I did not agree with. I would okay. not have voted for Tito. Um, I would have either voted for Brandon Hyde for Baltimore or Scott Service from the Mariners. Okay. Um, you know, Dusty Baker is someone else you could have voted for here. They already had a great team. You knew how good they were going to be. And they won the World Series. So Dusty got his stuff. Sure. But nobody thought the Baltimore Orioles were going to contend. And that team's not a good team. They're young. And Brandon Hyde did a really great job this year. Yeah. To me, he was unquestionably the manager of the year in the American League. And I, I was that who's who I would have voted. I probably would have voted Frank on fifth. That that okay. division I think I'd handed to him in a way because the Royals were supposed to be better, they were awful. Right. Twins were supposed to be better. They weren't good down the stretch. The Guardians were kind of like the, you know, the tallest dog at the trough. And it's like, I don't know. I I don't know. And he's, he's a great manager. He's a Hall of okay. Fame manager. But I, I wouldn't have voted for him. I would have had Brandon Hyde. I think that you got to reward somebody that takes a team that, that's a team that's won 50 and 60 games for a decade. And then they come in and win like 80. Right, they're really good. They're, they're going to be they're going to be really good. And then in the National League, Buck Showalter becomes the first coach, manager in baseball history to win the award on four separate teams. Jeez. Um, I didn't disagree with this one. Um, we were talking about this at home. Me and Peyton were talking about it, and I said, "Man, I Showalter's great, but they were supposed to be great." Mm-hmm. The Mets were supposed to be great, and they blew it down the down the the last couple of weeks. Stretch, yeah. So that's where I was like, I would have voted for Brian Stittaker and the Braves, mm-hmm. but I see the argument for Showalter. You got to deal with putting all those personalities and new pieces together, and he's great wherever he goes. He's been right. a manager of the year literally everywhere he's been. He's one of the best managers in the history of every place he's been. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting with him. And so I get it. Sure. I, I'm not too upset. I'm not too upset about any of these. But that was the two manager years I thought were like, eh, we might have missed on those. Yeah. All right. Now off sports subjects. We did okay. so much political talk. We're gonna start not doing politics this week. I promise folks I don't play politics. 
You were on Twitter last night. I was on Twitter last night. Yeah. For a few moments. Twitter looked like it was going to explode. It still might. Still might. Um, Elon Musk. All right. I want to say it like this. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Elon Musk is obviously a very, very intelligent and brilliant man. Then we can agree on that. But I, I do question think, some of that. Okay, I do, think, I do think he has absolutely zero clue how to deal with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that he makes and says things that he, the old top gun adage of, you're going to write a check your body can't cash. Mm-hmm. And that is clearly what's happened with Twitter. He went out there and said something. Said, what if I buy Twitter? He's the only dude who had enough money to do it. He did it. And now he's about to fuck the whole thing up. This was clearly, he wasn't thinking. He was just acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Now, look, again, there are things that I think he is absolutely brilliant about. And I think we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. This guy's weakness is clearly his ego mm. and how he handles people. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, uh, Elon has been really good at buying businesses right before they peak. Did it with SpaceX. Not sure where it fell in with Tesla. Trying to do it with Twitter to a certain extent. Um, so he's good about spending his money at good pinch points. I don't know how much his intelligence lays into that beyond his ego wanting and needing to have the shiny thing that everyone thinks that can do something. And to your point, yes. He started running his mouth about buying Twitter and the Twitter board forced him into the purchase. And now 75% of his workforce at Twitter has quit. He doesn't have the staff from any pertinent, you know, department to continue to run should it run into glitchy situations. And last night was very interesting because yesterday was his deadline of Either you get three months severance or you come to work your ass off for an asshole boss. Yeah. yeah. It was a dick move for sure. It and was. fighting him in the ass. Everything that he's done. I mean, when he decided to lay off half the workforce to begin with, and then he was just like, all right, you're, you know, your minimum is not your minimum anymore. And you're going to have to do this. And I'm like, Hey, asshole, when was the last time that you put a work day in like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Twitter may eventually crumble and fall apart. Clearly, it didn't implode. I'm glad it's still around. I've been fortunate to make some wonderful friends through Twitter. And, you know, people are trying to figure out different ways to to keep in touch with people. But Elon Musk is very much in line with trying not to make this political, but making it political of Donald Trump 
as a petulant child with too much money and too big of an ego who thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a matter of left or right. It's just the childishness of it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, look, the guy, the guy is, he's smart. He knows what he's doing with a lot of things. It's just, no one's perfect. And no one is so thoughtful that they, no one can be thoughtful and have fallen into this trap. You said it best. He got tricked in this deal. He said, what if I buy Twitter and the board called his bluff because they got a bigger price for it than they would have anywhere else. You don't fucking sign the contract unless you're going to do it. Yeah. As and... the legal counsel of the Coach Bo knows, Coach Bo knows podcast. Yes. If you can't pay, oh. don't sign. So let me ask this question to you. What would you do if you was Elon Musk? If you were Elon Musk, what would you do here? I mean, a fair theory that I've seen going around is that um, Jack, what's his face, the actual founder of Twitter, um, who got kicked off the board over the last couple of years, um, really took advantage of the fact that he made top market money in the sale and he can come back in and buy it for trash can prices and maybe that's going to be the case elon will not be running twitter 30 days from now will he be able to build a workforce to actually make it sustainable no um it makes me wonder what's going to happen elsewhere you know, Tesla and SpaceX have had a series of problems internally with discrimination, sexism, horrible work uh, atmosphere, that kind of thing. So does Jack come back and make it happy, shiny again? I don't know. I mean, it'll limp around for a long time, but does this spur somebody else to make the next great social media platform? Yeah, I wonder, and I here's the thing to me I think about is if you're Mark Zuckerberg and you are in charge, now you, I'm not, you're shaking your head. I'm not saying you go buy Twitter. This is the spot where you need to take advantage of Twitter having issues and boost Instagram. Instagram will do its own thing, but Instagram has yeah. failed since Facebook bought it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and there's a whole other subject there on what Zuckerberg's done wrong with the whole meta and the universe, the metaverse, and all that. But, but Facebook, I, I, I mean, Facebook yeah. bought Instagram close to ten years ago. Yeah. At this point. But I wonder if, if you look at it and you go, well, okay, we've got, in Facebook's case, the metaverse thing's a disaster. Yep if they were going to pivot, which they're already starting to pivot away from that, as they've started to pivot away from some of those things, is this the opportunity for them to go, okay, how do we go get Twitter's market share? Instagram isn't isn't the platform for it. It just doesn't function that way. So- I do less Instagram than I do Twitter. Twitter. Absolutely. So if it's Mastodon, which has been uh, decentralized, social media platform that's been out there for several years that people are flocking to that 
most people can't really understand how it functions. So that's going to be a huge issue, whether it's uh, there's a culture social, maybe, um, you know, there's going to be other things that pop up. But in the meantime, yeah, people are going to rely on Facebook and Instagram because that's what folks have. Okay. But I don't think that Zuckerberg can, he doesn't have, to your point, the people experience to actually function in a world like Twitter is. That's true. That's very, and now he doesn't have enough juice at, at Meta. Oh, God, no. I mean, they, they, if they could, they would cut beta him in a minute. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if what's going to happen with Elon Musk on this is, you know, this ain't all just Elon's money. A lot of this is based on money he got when he sold some of Tesla. You know, he what got some it? banks to help him put up some of this money too. He didn't put the, he didn't put all his money up. Oh God, no. But what, two weeks ago, how much of Tesla did he sell? 10 billion, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is, is that he's got partners in this deal and they're going to come calling for their money. It makes me wonder, and I'd be curious to hear from you based on your financial acumen, if the Twitter stock sale wasn't spurred by those banks that were involved in the lending of the initial purchase, getting really freaked out and saying, you got to take us out or we're done. This was, and that was my thought from the beginning is that I'm like, okay, look, he's not putting all the, people don't realize he's not just throwing his own cash out there to buy yeah. this. He's financing this and he's using his own wealth to guarantee it. These banks are going to look at this and go, wait a minute, you done fucked this thing up, young man. And um, and he's not young, but I mean, you know what I mean? He's, he's saying, hey, you done fucked this thing up. This thing is not valued near what you just paid. We want out, and you're going to make us whole by contract. Right. And then Elon's going to be in it. Now, look, if there's anyone who can afford to take a, a call a $20 billion hit and be half the purchase price, it yes. is Elon Musk. Yes. So to me, I wonder if at some point he's just going to say, fuck, man, I, this is some headaches and some bullshit I don't need. I can go make this money back. I'll just go ahead and sell it to somebody else at a discount. Yeah, so whether it's Jack Dorsey or somebody else coming back through and being like, okay, I'll come back to the sandbox, fine. uh, I'll buy Twitter. I'll give them 50 bucks right now. 100 bucks? We can go in 50-50. Boom, there you go. (laughs) Contract unseen. We can figure this shit out one way or the other. Absolutely. You're an attorney. I'm the financial advisor. We're going to something out. We got it. (laughs) We got this. First thing we're going to do is unblock my old Twitter account. Yes, yes, fully agree. My old account back. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask about the Twitter stuff. I think that's interesting because, like, at last, it was funny that on Thursday night, people were like sending tweets, like, well, if we're not here, here's where you can find this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I almost did a tweet and I was somewhere and I, could, I didn't want to do it because I wanted to tag people in it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have everything I needed in front of me. But I wanted to send a tweet out saying, well, this is the last night of Twitter. I got a list. 
here's my list of people who can go fuck themselves. <laughs> and it was like right? Donald Trump, Elon Musk, Kanye. I was going to get it. Yankee fans. <laughs> I mean, it was, it it was, was either the list I had at first. a giant fuck you or just tell me that you love me. One way yeah. or the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing I got for you. I didn't mm-hmm. even tell you I was going to hit you with this one. So um, something cool is going on Saturday night. I don't know if you know this. You know that Saturday night's Elton John's last concert? I did not realize it was his last concert. Yeah, it's at Dodger Stadium. And he it's going to be on, on Disney+. Plus. Oh, cool. Um, you ever, are you an Elton John fan at all? I enjoy him. I yeah. wasn't able to see any of his shows the last, I mean, yeah. 20 years, but I've, yeah. you have seen him. And, I, I saw uh, him this year and I, I've always enjoyed his music. I think he's yeah. extremely talented mm-hmm. and he's not my favorite, but I really sure. like his music. Um, and me and Jen went and saw him in Kansas City. It's a great mm-hmm. show. And, you know, he's 74 years old and he can still play the piano and he can still sing. Uh, He can't get around and walk much, but he can do those two things. It's like Billy Um, Joel. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, Disney Plus is going to broadcast Elton John's final concert from Dodger Stadium on Saturday night on Disney Plus. Right on. Uh, um, I don't know if they're going to, they're streaming it live. I don't know if they'll replay it or how that's going to work. I assume you'll be able to pull it up later as well. Sure. So is that something you're going to do at some point? Would you sit down and watch that? Um, I would totally watch. I wouldn't be able to watch it Saturday night. I've got to yeah, eight. watch a lot. So, I would watch but yeah, yeah, I'm going to totally go slide at some point in the next week or so, especially with it being Thanksgiving week. Yeah. I'll have a little more time. I'm sure I will put it on at some point. I mean, it would be great to see it. Uh, my brother and his family went um, before the pandemic when he was here at Ball Arena. I think it would be a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like I got excited watching Hamilton on Disney Plus before yeah. I saw it in person, and I can enjoy it there. So, absolutely. So, I just thought that was cool. I, it's kind of under the radar. I just happened to see it, and I was like, yeah, well, that's cool. Because we had joked about it, like, after we saw Elton John, we were like, we they were, like, doing a giveaway because someone was going to win tickets to go see him in L.A. At the okay. Concert in Kansas City. I don't know who did. We went nuts. But we were like, Man, what would that cost? What would that would be a good weekend getaway? Oh yeah, I can't imagine. But, I mean, you could probably yeah. go on to TickPicks or SeatGeek and see the, yeah. what those tickets are. And you'd find them somewhere. I just thought, especially this week with the whole Taylor Swift news and everything that happened. Oh yeah, Ticketmaster and everything. Uh, I just thought it was nice to have some good news, and I think that's really cool that they're gonna. There's supposed to be certain surprises. They're gonna have certain people go out there with him and sing certain songs there'll be some surprise guests in the concert as well okay so, i don't know who all will be i they, there's no info out there i'll just i figure at some point this next week there'll be a night where i don't want to watch sports and i will sure put that on and watch so that'll be fun yeah so and i like i said i really enjoyed this show and even at his older age it was still a fun show Absolutely. I'm glad that you mentioned it. it. Yeah. Think of if you haven't seen that, check that out on Disney Plus this weekend. Um, Did you see here in Kansas City, Andy Reid broke the news. I don't know if it was accidental or not. We're getting Billy Joel as a concert in Kansas City. Billy Joel and who was it? Oh, shit. I had it now. And Stevie Nicks are doing a concert at Arrowhead. What? 
He just announced it today. Yeah. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks at Arrowhead this summer. Hey, Andy I would Reed like to at the press conference. I, I would like to get in on this. I saw Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Wow. That would. Uh... I, and I've never seen Billy Joel and I like Billy Joel. So oh let's my make God. that happen. We'll go. Okay. I'll yes. take it. Okay. We'll, we, we, might get a, we might get a group together. We'll figure it out. Yes. Either get a group or you and I'll go. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. I'll get you all the info on it. I just, it was funny because how they broke the news was Andy Reid said it at the Chiefs press conference today. <laughs> I don't okay. know if it was accidental. I don't know what that was. I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the note on Twitter really quickly before we jumped on today. And I was like, oh, cool. Because that'll be oh, a great wow. I've seen Stevie Nicks when she's with, with Fleetwood Mac before. Yeah, and I haven't seen her or Fleetwood Mac. I, I saw Fleetwood Mac when they did the comeback the first time. Yep. After Clinton got elected and and he got he got them back together. And then they they did a okay. tour. It started in California. Yep. When they were in the US, they did the thing on MTV and mm-hmm. I saw them in South Carolina that year. I was the year I was in South Carolina. And they were so great. cool. They were one of the best concerts I've ever been to. So I don't go to many concerts, but yeah, I'll do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Billy yeah, Joel's fantastic live. Yeah, I haven't, like, we did Elton John this year. I don't go to very many shows. I mean, like, we joke at our house that, like, Jen likes concerts more than I do. Mm-hmm. But, and, like, there's certain shows she'll go to, but I'll be like, hey, I'll buy your tickets. You take your girlfriend because you don't want me to go. Like, yeah, if I'm you're not, not going to be into it. I'm not going to, ha- and it's going to not be as fun for her because of it. And I don't yeah. want to bring her down. So, you know, if it's something like that, I some some shows I'd be like, eh, it's not my thing. Like I wouldn't go see Taylor Swift. No, no, neither. But if I. Jen wanted to go, I'd be like, hey, take a girlfriend. I'll pay for your tickets. Mm-hmm. So good husbands do. Yes. You know, and so it's like, okay, you you want to go? Yeah, but you're going to have a better time with your friend than you with me. Yeah, totally. Um, like Justin Timberlake came here a couple of years ago. That's what I got her for her birthday one year. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And as talented as that dude is, I think he's super talented, but I'm not going to go to the Justin Timberlake concert. So I was like, I'll buy your tickets. Here you go. Take your girlfriend. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, but like we went, we went to Elton John together. And then like, I don't go, like she loves her favorite Bon Jovi. Okay. I went with her to Bon Jovi once. We'll not do it again. Okay. Yeah, just, you know, and, and that's where I figured out that yeah, she's not having as much fun because I'm not having fun. And Understandable. I don't want so and that's good awareness on your part. Yeah. So, so props to you. Well, I'll definitely do Billy Joel or Stevie. Yes. Nick, right? Yes. So well, I'll make that to Jen tonight. We'll we'll start getting the crew together. Sounds awesome. I'll get you the dates on that. Okay, perfect. Um that's all I got. I I'm just jumping around today on topics. We've we've got a little while here. Let's just jump out of here on that. How about that? Um, I would like to wish all of our listeners and sponsors and everyone behind the scenes a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Thank you for listening, helping us, and doing all the things that you do. So thank you. And thank you to you, Bo, for letting me on here once a week to uh, be nonsensical. Yeah. I, you know what I love about it? Thank you for that. And yes, thank you to everybody. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I will say that my favorite things about that we do the podcast together now is that we have been friends for what 25 years? Yeah. 
but we've become closer friends now than we've ever been. For sure. And I think that's the cool part of the podcast. So we've always Absolutely. been close. But it, it's cool that every week we get to talk and we and people don't realize we talk before this, we talk after this. <laughs> it's, you only get part of the conversation. But yeah, uh, yeah it, and yeah, absolutely. The holidays are here. We hope that you're with your families. We hope that you're safe. Travel safe if you're traveling. Um, and have a, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'll be back with Uncle Rico most likely on Monday, but then I don't know if we're recording next weekend yet or not. We'll, we'll Given that I will, yeah, you're I'll be in Chicago. So yeah, you're traveling, so we're not going to have you on. I'll either it'll be just me, or or I won't do anything. Um, I am going to do something by myself or with P Money sometime in the next week. We got to catch up on the wrestling stuff. Okay. There's a lot of shit going on there, and there's a big pay per view this weekend. We'll see what happens. So we're going to be talking about some AEW wrestling here next week. Me and Peyton might. That'll be an extra show. We're not going to put that in our regular show. I mean, it could it could be the point five. We maybe we do that maybe we on do the that. evening of Thanksgiving that you guys are recording it together after everyone leaves. Uh, hey, look, by the <laughs> evening time of Thanksgiving, I won't be able to talk. Fair enough. It's gonna be. I'm gonna have to drink a lot. <laughs> Let's just Come on, one way or the other. I get. I it. don't. I don't. You know me. I'm a social drinker. I don't like pound them back that hard anymore. But to get through a holiday. The crowd oil and the iced teas are plump. Yeah. I understood. Well, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. And uh, thank you to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Most important, thank you to you, the listeners. We were saying, uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate every five-star review. So until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That is Ellen Wiginter. Have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. Remember your time tokens are not important. Take care of that.